Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Do you just do like a set of 10 flips? So I, I can only do, I mean, six as PB at the moment. So I'll just What do, stops the seventh? I think like they get shitter and shitter until they eventually just really sloppy and then you just lose momentum. So is it strength that stops? Is it like in the ability to, the endurance to hold the position or? I, I think it's active flexibility. Because okay. um, previously I thought it was strength. And then actually, like, you know, if you try and... Um, have you ever sat just legs straight on the floor in front of you, mm-hmm. body upright, put your hands next to you, and you try and bring your toes to your head with straight legs. So you try and, like, fold, basically. Oh, we just wouldn't be able to do that at all. Absolutely impossible. It's so hard. And you, you, you start there thinking, like, oh, I'm just so weak. Like, nine-year-old girls can do this, and I can't. They must be stronger than me, blah, blah. And then you're, right, you're like, actually, what I'm doing here is fighting against my own hamstrings. So if you delimit that and get more flexible hamstrings, then probably you can... But is it, is, is, is it not stability rather than... Like, it's the ability for... I don't know where... I mean, my understanding of this stuff is not great, but you're not asking your hamstring to be in that position passively it needs to be in that position under like while also being switched on yeah i I think that's it like i've been doing pancake stretches and stuff and that's fine when you like take ages to get into the relax but actually to to just suddenly kick your left foot and have it touching your face is a different matter and i'm noticing the way that there's a theme of the way that people are built that can do flares quite well right and they're all not built like me so people said people say that about me and squatting all the time and you showed them but in spite of that <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not great at it but i think i i probably have a above average squat number so, so. johnny and i whore each other out on social media without each other's knowledge sometimes like we'll just one of us will just find a photo or a video of ourselves either written from our perspective so written from the other person's perspective or just like like i scheduled like 120 videos of johnny with fake quotes that he didn't say (laughs) on instagram i've had some great feedback from it though fantastic there we go and And that's even more strange here's johnny having a hot date with 285 kilos this morning oh really (laughs) seriously just smooth rep with 285 in a where's that mode. where's that being posted ah oh, as in that's the one i actually posted ah uh, right i see but that is the, the the clip that i that's the first training footage that i have posted on social media in a year and a half first time there's actually you yeah yeah I'm just your, your ghost writer <laughs> you say semi sumo but that i think there's that is the stance i've had for a while and I think because it's a Texas power bar, it looks narrower than it is. I see. And because you're so long, se- like normal sumo looks like semi-sumo for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that rep did feel brilliant. Um, I've just done the same week of training for seven weeks now. The exact same week of training <laughs> for seven weeks. I'm serious. <laughs> But the, to the same RPE, same reps. So it's the same RPE, but the weight changes. And it's, for those who don't know or who aren't aware, it's Mike Touche's emerging strategies. If you're in the powerlifting world in any way, you'll have seen this stuff. It's very controversial. He's basically thrown typical periodization out the window and said, I don't think that works. 
you just have to do the same thing every week. Just if you want a really high return on your portfolio, but you're happy to accept higher risk and invest in blue chip stocks, then you you go with Mike Tushera's emoji. <laughs> So it's it's actually linked back to something that you you and I like landed on from different directions, and I think you summarised it as. Um, so we, I think it both came out of our like annual review process, and you summarised it as something like, when you do something for a long time, can you remember what you said the exact the exact phrase? Like you learn a lot, or that's where the progress is, or oh, something yeah. like that. the quote I mean that like and you said it as well and neither of us can bloody remember it's, yeah oh that, that was it. It, it when when you do the same thing for some time that's when patterns emerge of what's not working and what is and so if you don't if you're doing different things all the time you don't, you're not giving the system enough chance to give you some feedback exactly so that is the essence of emerging strategies and it's actually a very nice way of describing what we were going to talk about today. Fantastic. Well, I think this leads on very well from the last episode, which was a monologue. Um, see, Johnny hasn't heard the last episode because it's floating in podcast land at the minute. Like it's in the, it's fallen into the gap, the vortex of time between episode being published and us recording this one. But it was about not causing yourself effectively what you describe as a SCOBY problem, which is <laughs> fixing something in the short term. SCOBY problem type three, um, fixing something in the short term that is easier but causes you a problem subsequently rather than front-loading the effort and just getting it sorted now. And so... I think you've missed some of the the flavour of a SCOBY problem there. I think, like, I, I, that's, that's a type of SCOBY problem, one of the many subsets of a SCOBY problem, but... I think uh, the problems that you experience are normally due to try, like specifically trying to not miss out on a specific thing, like a specific experience or potential benefit. I think, I think that's it. You spot a potential route to optimize something and you can't allow that to be missed. And sometimes in the, in the pursuit of that, you create like a system level problem. <laughs> That then, that then makes the optimization pointless in the first place. But it's a separate episode. But yeah, like yeah. <laughs> short-term... Short um, so you were saying, like, don't... Is, is like, present you scuppering future you, basically? That's the, that's the actual yeah. uh, phrase that I used as well. Is it? it? Wow. I think you're right that in my personal life, I used to have a lot more of those those other kind of problems you described and i think business-wise we have made a lot of short-term decisions because of something is quicker or lower cost and then later it takes longer to unpick and over time we've made fewer and fewer of those i think we're seeing the last of them out now luckily mm -hmm. um, i mean maybe maybe we're making many more to come and in a year's time we'll look back and be like damn you like but yeah i mean even today i've just finished filming a video and I was like oh I need to I need a bit of b-roll of me holding a phone but I film with my phone so I can't I can't use that so I looked for a banana because I thought the closest thing didn't have a banana so now there's a bit of b-roll just like this with an apple and I thought you know what maybe that works better <laughs> So then people will watch and say, "Ah, oh, why is he using an apple? What? Ah, right. A device. I see. Ah, right. Because of Apple. Because of Apple. Well, no, but see, there's many layers to it then. So not because of Apple. I, I didn't think of that, but... I suppose you didn't make the rules, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I just reacted to the circumstances. You, as you I found them. them. You didn't put the apple there. You didn't ask it no. to be in the video. We, we should say the reacting to the circumstances as you found them, if you don't know what that is, there is a clip that we're all a big fan of called, uh, from, what was it called? Something Traders. Million Dollar Traders, which Million is on BBC in 2008. So I, I watched it while I was at uni, like eating my Weetabix 
with goji berries and blueberries on top with my uh, casein protein shake, thinking that was the best breakfast for muscle building. Was this um, pre or post venison breakfast? This that was. That's a good question. That was supposed to be my first year of uni. So this was way before I got into like the. I was I was still very naive, but not. I hadn't got into the depths of the naivety yet. Like I, I was just kind of eating healthily, but I wasn't really sure why. Um, Because there was a phase where you, I think, eight weeks of just venison for breakfast. Yeah. Grim. Very nice. I think the the first mouthful. Well, not the stuff I bought. (laughs) Because when you're trying to eat venison daily for that amount of time you realize very quickly how expensive that can become you can't be having steaks and things yet. exactly i ordered like stuff that was basically supposed to be made in a stew so it was very chewy and i did, obviously i wasn't stewing it so i like pan fried it for 10 minutes and then tried to eat it and it was awful but anyway million dollar traders guy called anton creel um trains these like uh, civilians to trade a million pounds of someone else's money in basically the financial crisis, 2008, so very turbulent. And this guy just keeps making mistakes. And Anton Creel, who's now become a bit of a personality off the back of this program, just lays into him and just takes the piss out of him and criticizes his decisions. And this guy just has these little quips, like, well, not, you know, Anton will say, think about what you're saying, it's unbelievable. And his response is, nothing nothing <laughs> nothing's unbelievable when you don't know what you're doing um and then he just reacted to the circumstances as he found them which i know may sound like it's really basic it's not funny but i think it's the it's how like many scenarios that can apply to in your life like it's really nothing is unbelievable when you don't know what you're doing if yeah if you don't know what you're doing then any attempt and any outcome is fair play because you're just trying your best and so, uh I was listening back to a couple of old podcasts and you were talking about just silly things that you saw people doing in the gym, including double double side bends where they hold a plate in each hand, side, side to side, or things that don't move against gravity. And to the person doing them, they've because they've not thought about it from first principles, or to them, they're like, well, I'm going to the gym, I'm training, and it's really hard, so I'm doing something. Yeah, and... If you don't know what you're doing, then it's a fair attempt. Like you're moving weight around in a gym, might be doing something, feels like it's doing something. So stands to reason that it's a good idea. The most ridiculous one is the people who hold the dumbbell in like a, for people listening, I guess it's a, um, with your arm at 90 degrees and then they rotate their arm, um, trying to like train their rotator cuff. But obviously the, the tension is going downwards rather than lateral. That's the one yeah. I enjoy the most. Or, or twisting a dumbbell when it's like the dumbbell has equal weight on both sides. So <laughs> the minimum possible resistance. So how did we get here? Systems, system level failure. Scuppering your future self is what yeah. you've recorded. About. Yeah. So um, the, the reason why I raised emerging, I brought up emerging strategies is what Mike is trying to solve there is he's like, you've got a complex set of things. So you, how you cope with stress, how you react to different stimuli. And we have all these, all this complexity and to try and optimize for something, which is getting stronger. What most people do is match that with more complexity, like a program that's incredibly intricately designed with undulating weeks and stress and, and exercise selection. And actually, all you get out of that is, well, perhaps the program was brilliant, but the system was misaligned with the program, or maybe the system needed something even more complicated or less complicated. And he's saying, so basically, the problem is, like you, because you're doing so many things, you don't really know what isn't isn't working. And so the solution to that is you design a week of training, and you do that week of training until it stops working. Right, which sounds so basic, but if you were to meet someone in the gym for the first time and they've started getting a little bit of success, probably what they're doing is they're doing something and they're noticing that they're getting stronger, so they, they keep doing it, they keep doing it until they reach some kind of plateau or frustration and then they do something else. And then maybe they come back to the original thing in the future and they're better at it again. So minimizing the number of variables. And I think we've we've had the same realization 
in the business side of things that actually like trying 10 different funnels and 10 different marketing strategies and it kind of working kind of not and then you start thinking well was it the strategy or was it like did we do something did we do the strategy wrong oh, that's such a good point and there's so many parts of this so there was an article from paul carter a while ago who's a big powerlifter Paul's <laughs> big bloke big bloke <laughs> he, he wrote something along the lines of minimalist versus maximalist training his argument was actually there's not much difference between the two because one is additive and one is is negating but at the end of the day the maximalist doesn't just do things for the sake of it doesn't just do everything that's not working it's just that they're willing to add things in that are working and the minimalist doesn't want to give things up at the expense of progress and so actually they end up merging in the in the middle and regardless of what you do as long as you have a systematic approach to it then you'll make progress now i've probably butchered his point there but it was an interesting uh way to look at it and from a you know that that's with training that's already quite complex i think trying to run a funnel online is more complex in some ways because you're dealing with like every number or every click yes we reduce it down to a number for the spreadsheet and for the stats but really that that's a human at the end of the day who has got massive multivariate decision processes going on for to do a certain thing with thought processes and and you can generalize you can draw patterns just for the sake of abstracting and modeling it but it's it's really like if you were to really go deep in it it would be very complex and so when you're when you're trying to map that out ah oh. <laughs> we lost your point i watched it i watched it kind of whisper away as yeah. the <laughs> it was there i can i can bridge off that and then I'll, I'll let it see if it comes back to the surface it will come back so that 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 point i think is the the human point is really interesting because again as as with business and fitness there are so many parallels and what mike is addressing is most like powerlifting coaches like the, you know the spreadsheet army of powerlifting coaches try to solve a human like set of systems that are all organic with a spreadsheet and fail to acknowledge that like actually just linearly adding more volume over time does not mean that this organic thing will just get linearly stronger over time like at some point we have to make changes to that well this is goodhart's law in in effect isn't it where if you say to a client add volume every week suddenly your principle that you're the reason you're telling them that is because volume is associated with hypertrophy and and strength over time so you say okay do this but then if they just start optimizing for the number for the volume the easiest way to do that is maybe stick 40 kilos on the bar and just do a thousand reps yeah and that's yeah. junk volume so you have to have something some context for optimizing a constraint otherwise it's it's not going to work and i remembered what the the ultimate point of that was which was attribution so if you're running multiple things at once multiple strategies and something's working or something's not working you're like well you know it's it's actually worse when it is working because then you're like it worked and i don't really know why and someone came in through an email form but i don't actually know what they saw before that and what they clicked on and how they found me in the first place and what it was that got them to to want to work with a coach at all and and all these kind of things so there's there's all this complexity plus trying to figure that stuff out while running 10 different funnels and 10 products and 10 sales methods psychologically it's it's a big burden i'm certainly not smart enough to manage all those bits of information in my head at once i don't think anyone who is doing anything like that especially if they're doing it on their own is is actually really doing it properly like i just you just can't really like you would need you need a full team of people managing so many numbers um and so it's, the, it's so yeah i think like you do need a constraint about you have a goal and then a constraint with that goal because otherwise as you say like i just want to make as much money as possible okay well 
like probably the what are some of the best ways of doing that are illegal so oh, oh you know you could just work all of your hours or available hours and not sleep and and i know they sounded really like stupid but subject to there is always subject to a constraint there is always subject to something otherwise it it does start to eat itself yeah, basically like, to say as much money as possible it's like well are you what level of risk are you comfortable with what level yeah. of legality are you comfortable with you know there's uh, there's many well, many ways I, that yeah if you go maximum I, on any of them the sky's the limit but and so in terms of how this applies to business um i think the lesson that i've been experiencing with the training side of things to keep bringing it back to that analogy is like um paused bench press right like two count pause bench press people think that's a good idea or pin press or dumbbell press like i'm trying to build a bigger bench press these are all cool things i'm going to do all of them in my 12-week program that i perfectly design it might work it might not work and in both scenarios you've learned nothing <laughs> because like one of them may have done all of the work there and three of them may have added just added a ton of additional stress without actually contributing and again what mike is trying to get to is like if we design a program and we see results and then we change the program and we see fewer results and you're, you're reducing the variables and you need to view your business through the same lens like if you're going to say well my and you see people kind of draw these like jump to these conclusions all the time like i'm not getting online clients so i'm going to start posting youtube videos or i'm not getting online clients so i need to it's the caption or it's the link in my bio or it's all these kind of like knee-jerk responses but all they're doing is like layering complexity on on top of itself and at the heart of it it's just humans seeing things on a screen and deciding to pay money to you for a service right it doesn't the 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 fancy strategy will never get a, get you away from that ultimately this is the marketer's fault a lot of the time because i think any make money online um market like six six figure fit pro marketer or whatever will try and convince you that it is the caption or it's because of the 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 color of the button on your opt-in page or it's because of the structure of your webinar or you know and they've all got their their particular shtick mm -hmm. and it, i don't think i've seen anyone that says apart from us of course um obviously who, yeah. who says look, look at the whole of your business as a as a gestalt like what's the total impression that you get from the business and then and then step things into what is the throughput like people come in at the very top they go through all these processes in the black box and then things come out at the bottom and then let's let's look at each of those steps and figure out where is the the highest yield thing like where's the the biggest squeeze of stuff that could be improved in in that process and then work backwards from there and having um like launching new funnels is something i see people talking about loads and I, the thing that blows my mind is like to get a funnel to the point where it is like really tuned and producing its best results so in other words the most efficient output for a given input so i get 100 leads and from those 100 leads i get the most clients or i get the highest revenue or the highest lifetime value per client to get it to that point it's not like a six-week thing if anything it's like a two or three year thing and then people think, oh, yeah, but the market's sick of seeing it. And I need to, like, that, in the context of the internet, just unless you're spending millions of pounds on advertising, cannot be true. Because the market is way bigger than you could ever reach with the amount you're spending on ads. So people, that's what I mean by, like, something isn't working. So, okay, my funnel stopped converting. So I need to launch a new funnel. When actually, like, the biggest opportunity in all of the things you could do would be to, to work on the thing that actually was working last week and is no longer working. Because... You had some thread of success. Just something's trending slightly in the wrong direction and needs attention. If you're a coach and you're coaching Margaret, who's 53, and you give her a, a new movement, you say, okay, Margaret, start doing bent over rows with a barbell. You let her do it for two weeks, and then you go, ah, oh, actually, Margaret, you were making a bit of progress with it, but let, let's switch to single arm kneeling rope rows. <laughs> And you do that for two weeks. And you go, no, no, actually, Margaret, no. Get the the cable pulley, and I want you to do twisting rows to the ear. 
and then you go no no no, no let's, let's switch to um, chest supported dumbbell row and you keep switching her movement never really give her a chance to learn the movement and margaret she's 53 she's not very well coordinated she's not done lifting before she's never getting a chance to get gains from the program because she's she's only just learned the movement before you switch it up again and it's it's very obvious when it comes to exercise and if you're if you're a trainer you'll you'll hear that and be like well yeah of course i'd, I'd give margaret a chance to get the to ingrain the motor patterns and get some gains from her from her program but we fall prey to the same traps with marketing methods and and we do as well i think you know the shiny object syndrome is always it's always there um but i think now having an appreciation especially when especially johnny when he goes deep into the the spreadsheet matrix realizing the amount of work required to get a funnel up and running and to get it properly converting that actually starting again from scratch could be throwing the the bath and the bath water and the baby out just to start at scratch again. It's throwing the house with the bath in out. <laughs> <laughs> so to use the so that so in emerging strategies, Margaret would have a time to peak for barbell row. So she'd, there'd be a number of exposures of barbell row, a number of times that Margaret could do barbell row before. Actually, barbell row just she stops adapting to barbell row, and she at that point she benefit from doing kneeling rope rows and probably doing it for a very similar amount of time, so and then going to back get to barbell row to her genetic potential with barbell row. <laughs> things are going to have to be really dialed in first. But she might find that like a certain rep scheme, for example, or a certain like training protocol, she gets the most out of that for six, seven, eight weeks, and then like she hits a bit of a plateau, and you'd you'd like. Oh, something's there's a sign there, there's a signal. Let's rotate it for a bit and then come back to it. So in a marketing context, like we teach a 14-day challenge. And I realize we're all over the place with analogies here, but we teach a 14-day challenge, right? So the amount of time that you can run a successful funnel like that is literally years. The thing that like so in other words, that's a row, that's a rowing movement. The thing that you might need to rotate out is like the ad creative. So the style of row. Or the, or the reps, yeah. Like something that's, you're kind of slightly changing the front end to keep it fresh if you're serving it to the same audience. Hand pro- position. Exactly, yeah. But probably like new people, and this is the thing that's quite hard to get your head around because if you're used to posting on your Instagram profile all the time, it's a game of like, how do I think of something new, right? Like I can't post what I posted yesterday. That would be That would be madness. But actually... With ads, you are posting what you posted yesterday, but to a thousand new people today and a thousand new people tomorrow and a thousand new people next week. And you know it's more likely to work because it worked, it worked yesterday. So it's, it's optimizing things so that when you are reaching those new people, everything's set up to function. And you can run that same thing for a very, very long time. And back to the original point we made at the start of the episode, when you do that, you learn an awful lot. It's a weird game, isn't it? Like we we know someone who has has a very um, psychopathic approach to dating, and he set up a dating profile and created his own bot with a set of conversational um, sort of copy paste things that would happen in a certain sequence, and he would optimize that over time. So it would swipe everyone right on Tinder, and then with anyone who would match it say the certain number of things and 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 eventually send his number and get the and and organize a date and so on but although it's weird in the dating context like that's just ads like you're running something multiple times and slowly optimizing it over time and and with the development of machine learning and all those kind of things like we're going to see more and more of self-optimization of of these uh of these ad approaches but what it allows you to do is error correct with a human. So you can have this, have a conversation with someone and then if they don't engage or if they don't like it or if they, they give you a negative response, you can go, ah, it was that that caused this response. So let's just change that bit. And then on the next conversation, it's slightly better and slightly better. And with like the... So with the with a, a sales situation, like in the 14-day in the sequence, let's say you have a 1,000 people go through that and... I don't know, a hundred of them buy, let's say. You have 900 reasons why someone didn't buy. And that means that you can 
engineer the sales sequence and the follow-up sequence to just be those reasons, right? And that gets better all the time, all the time. So everything that you're doing in your marketing and that one funnel, which becomes this like engineered machine that's always getting better, the more you put into it, the more it improves, the more efficient it becomes, the cleaner it runs, the more leads you get out of it. Um, because you're just doing one thing for a very, very long time. And what people don't like about that is it's boring, right? It's not, it's not as exciting as like always, ha- always working on something new or um, always launching something fresh or always uh, getting to work on like the creative side of things. But if you just do like one strategy, that's obviously the putting your best foot forward. Like, I think this is going to work. I kind of understand why this should work. I've seen some signs of it working. Now the game is like, I'm just going to, you know, dig deep with this and see how good I can make it. Cause that's what makes people very hard to compete with online. Like it's the Bruce Lee that is it Bruce Lee? Cause like yeah. I, I'm scared of the person who's practiced one punch a thousand times, or whatever it is. Like imagine going up against a marketer in the online fitness world. who has been running the same funnel for five years. Like you haven't got a chance. You haven't got a chance. So, and that's like, if you're in a program now or you've been in a program where you're thinking about working with a coach, ask them like what is the process you recommend is that what all of your clients are using and why are they using it and are you going to are you going to tell me to do something else in a month's time because if so you're missing out on so much potential of what could be optimized and improved upon from the compounding and the optimizing yeah yeah that's it really that's it but I mean that like you can apply this to anything. Just practice the kick a thousand times. It's all I suppose the like the second thing off the back of that is what's the like it's the thing you said, like optimizing for something. I think you spoke about that in the uh planning for twenty twenty one podcast. Of like you should all, it's always good to optimize for something i think figuring that out is quite hard yeah because you've got to you've got to really go deep into like okay what what am i trying to do not just with the business but with my life and you know am i trying to coach as many people one-on-one or trying to change as many lives as possible or trying to make as much money as possible like they've all got slightly different inputs to to get those results or to optimize for those things um on the back as well of what what we've said here about if you if you're thinking of working with a coach and you're saying okay what's the funnel that you've been using and why do you use it and these these kind of questions it's the the benefit of a coach is that or or a following any process doesn't have to be a coach could be from a book or something too is that it gives you a starting point and so all of the testing up to the point of you plugging in your particular bits into the formula have been done for you because we don't you know we discussed this a few weeks ago we no one has time to start from the absolute billy basics like it's as if you were saying i'm gonna learn to program but i want to start with binary and then move up to like in fact before binary i'm gonna start with like making my own silicon like mining the silicon and then putting it into a chip and then getting the electrodes and and then i'm going to figure out a digital signal and create binary it's like (laughs) you can do that but the the path has already been laid out like you may as well just join the the flow join the stream at the current point where it is benefit from all the previous years of experimentation and knowledge so that you can say right now this is where we're at i can leverage all that previous experimentation and i've paid to skip that queue by buying someone else's knowledge and time and now I'm going to move forward it's such a great point because like you like using a car is is benefiting from decades I, I don't know how long cars have been around <laughs> hundreds of years I assume um, is it thousands not thousands of years of course <laughs> <it isn't. laughs> well, I suppose like a cart in some form like wheeled vehicles was there a, was there a car in there were, there were, it was a car in 1900. Probably, there a, there yeah. a car in 1800? No. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm making myself look stupid. So, so using using a car is benefiting from all of that work that other people have done. You don't like go out into the driveway in the morning and think, right, well, I want to do this on my own because that's the hustle mode. Um, so you start from trying to design a wheel and trying to get that to work before, and then you'll be late for work every single day. Um, in, the, in the same way, like all you're really doing when, when buying a coach or reading a book is like saving the time to run the thousands of experiments that other people have run. Cause that's really all it is. It's like getting to the point where, okay, we we're pretty sure that this is the case. Like we're pretty sure that when you do these things and shuffle the variables in, the, in this way, you're likely to get this outcome. And we know you, that because you're already doing that anyway, because you, you're exactly. already, like, yeah. if you work in an online business, you already are making the assumption that if I use a laptop and, <laughs> you know, electricity and Wi-Fi and all that stuff, like it, that's going to help me. So it's just that you're choosing to enter the stream at a very basic level. If you're not benefiting from the existing marketing knowledge out there. Mm, yeah. And like, you're going to have to do your own experiments at the point you enter this process in. Like if someone can give you a, a shell and a, a set of assumptions. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be immediately optimized for you, but you've still saved a hell of a lot of time. Um, and so, yeah, like you're, you might as well join the process at a, at a point that is not like unnecessarily difficult because it's already pretty difficult <laughs> as, as it is. I think we, we made that mistake as well. We were like, Oh, yeah. I don't need no slipstream. I'm going to try. And, and, we for a long time tried to do everything from scratch and yeah discovered some cool stuff and whatever but then you look you pick your head up and you look around and you're like oh actually like these things have already been done and better yeah (laughs) it's something else i was thinking about the other day was um so like i i and this is again something that isn't business but there's so many similarities i have done so many things over the past like five years that have been like in the self-development category so like so many different types of journaling and um breathing breath work yoga all these sorts of things and like it does come back to like if i could just do one of those things and just do that and double down on that it would probably be meditation for like i guess it's very individualistic but for lots of reasons and that's the thing that you've always done yeah for as long as i've known for as long as i've known you yeah the the hard part i think is finding an aggregator of that stuff that you trust yeah because there are many things to do like even the selection of journaling breath work meditation whatever that they're all still a selected bunch of things that that are good but there's many i mean you could have spent three years trying to align your chakras and doing liver detoxes and like there's many self-development things that you could do and so even then it's like it's a waste of time trying to figure out which one is is right and luckily now like there are enough information aggregators to on the internet that act as science communicators and intermediaries to kind of be at the cutting edge and try all this stuff like ben greenfield's the kind of fringe example of that in fitness because he's trying all these like super experimental medical devices and things and and bringing back what is useful so you've got to you do have to be so careful though because before you know it you're you're waking up and like swilling oil around in your mouth and shining red lights on your testicles and and you kind of think well what am i doing this for again you lose sight of kind of what is well i just trying to be happy really and then because <laughs> that's all it really comes down to if you, if you wake up in the morning you, you switch on your 5000 oh, for god's light, sake put it on your scrotum 15 minutes stand up there groggy like oh, i just want to be happy <laughs> but uh, so a great example of this right so like i decided right meditate from from all of the stuff i've kind of read and seen and heard other people described it seems like if you just do a lot of meditation that kind of covers 80 percent let's say of the the progress you might make from doing any of these kind of self-improvement activities so i'm just going to do that then you go down the rabbit hole of like well christ what am i going to do now like do i do headspace oh, that seems a bit basic i'm a bit, I'm a bit too, I'm too advanced for that and then you're in a whole you've made one decision 
but you're still in this world of confusion and you spent ages doing the wrong things and and all that sort of stuff. And then I was like, right, I'm going to do this amount of time meditating. And then halfway through the meditation session, you think, no, 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 I should be doing longer or a different method. So I was like, right, fuck this. I'm just going to hire a coach. And the coach just said to me, do 30 minutes per day for using this process for this amount of time. And I, when I found myself kind of drifting away from that the other day of like, oh, should I, should I do be doing two sessions or should I extend the session? And I just emailed him and said, when should I change the amount? And he just gave me a set of criteria. I was like, All right, oh, que- question answered. Like what you should look to. Saved there. So, and like, why, why, why ask him? Well, he's been to multiple meditation retreats. He's studying under the person who, is using the method that I've, that I've been practicing. So like I've just saved myself the, the time experiment. And he even said like, look, fundamentally experiment with yourself, try doing slightly longer session for a period of time. See if you notice anything, see if you see any improvement. So he's still open to that fact, but he's still had like from my experience, I found the following criteria to be, so he's, here's my thousand hours of lessons in an email to you. And that like, it's, Lovely. It's the same with, with pretty much anything. I know it's such a glib thing to say, like go hire a coach or whatever, but doing, doing one thing for a very long period of time sounds so simple. The hard thing is like the mental chatter that constantly tries to pull you in all the different exciting directions and the self-doubt that comes from having the, or the confidence to say, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to leave it for two weeks. And and that's where this stuff gets really difficult. And I get, I suppose why so many people fail at, yeah. at anything like this. Cause it's, it requires a lot of restraint and confidence in yourself. Certainly for us, the, the two big ones were what you've just described, the kind of intolerance to doing the boring thing for a long time, like, like mining or di- digging that one deep hole rather than several shallow holes. And the other one was the unwillingness to stay stupid and just stay the course um, because we always had bright ideas of our own that we thought, like uh, the, <laughs> that's a reference to Martin Burkan who um, actually talked about this exact topic in basically saying like Lean Gains works, my process works and the only time that any of my clients don't make progress is when they have a bright idea of their own <laughs> And then I look at what they're doing and I'm like, hang on, what's that? <laughs> well, so I think the, but I don't know why I haven't thought to raise this up to now, but the best example of this is what you said happened on your meditation retreat where like you're sat there and the instruction is focus on the end of your nose. And you were saying that everyone comes up to the teacher with all the little narrative stories about why they can't do that thing. But. Yeah, it, it's brilliant actually because it, so th- this was on, for anyone who doesn't know the context, I was on a 10-day meditation retreat a couple of years ago and the first five days, the entire method and instruction is focus on the sensation at the tip of your nostrils as the air passes it. You do that for five days, ten hours a day and <laughs> <laughs> the weird, weird ten days of my life. But isn't isn't that like a, a lovely example of do one thing like i bet you learned a lot during that period of time oh god yes yeah. <laughs> i'm just doing one thing for 50 hours like my brain changed and the guy behind me was really beside himself like struggling with like to the point where you, you could hear him being visibly irritated and he would always <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find this so funny. We're going to struggling to pick up his water. <laughs> um, and he would like he keep leaving the room and like pacing, and you could just see him like wound up. And every day you'd get a chance to go and speak to the teacher, and you'd sit down and they'd take four of you at a time, and he'd go through one person at a time and say, "Okay, Donald, how is your practice going?" any problems anything and this guy would always just be like but wait, right you, you're, you're saying follow the the end of the end of your nose but I, it's you know I, i'm saying in my head i'm like this is an in breath this is an out breath this is an in breath but but i can't find the and and every time he'd have this like little story about why he couldn't follow the practice as instructed 
And the teacher would always just say, focus on the tip of the nostrils, on the exhale and the inhale. Because he's just seen his fair share of bullshit merchants, hasn't he, coming with their own reasons. And he's like, look, look, mate, look, mate, I've done loads of meditation, mate, and trust me, all you've got to do is this thing, the thing I told you five days ago, that's it. There's no secret hidden scriptures. It's just that. <laughs> and that, like, so, so I suppose that, you know, it's, it's all well and good us saying just do one thing and stick to it. But people have that problem. Like, if someone has that problem with focus on the end of your nose, people have that problem with just, oh, just pick one funnel and just launch that, mate, and just do that for three years until you've spent 50 grand on ads. Like, there's a lot of emotional turmoil that comes with that, especially every, every day when you see a new YouTube video of the new funnel that someone else has launched or an ad talking to you about why webinars don't work anymore or whatever. And you have to go see the teacher and go, like, well, I'm going to launch one funnel. <laughs> I, think, I think this is why being running a business or being self-employed is a vehicle for self-development, for self-growth, because you're forced to confront these areas of mental chatter. Yeah. They're incessant. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw something today, this is from a Tim Ferriss podcast, where he said that um, he was like, you can meditate for 30 minutes a day for two weeks, or you can quit caffeine, and the effects are about the same just an interesting comparison i don't is, know if but, i agree with him but is it it's not cumulative though presumably not cumulative yeah but so the, it's quite like that it's like if you're anxious and wound up like try one of those two things just don't have caffeine i saw um chris posted on instagram saying he went caffeine free and noticed nothing which is insane i think that's the only person i've ever heard quit caffeine and not notice anything is he still drinking those Noco drinks? Uh, <laughs> do you think he's he stopped his morning cup of Nescafe but he's still oh, having dude. three Nocos? He's still having 1,200 milligrams of caffeine. I think if you're over a gram of caffeine... But it's got very, in, so it's fine. Yeah, I have the hypertrophy. But a gram of caffeine on a daily basis is a very intense, very colourful way of living that I probably wouldn't recommend. But yeah, that, that is interesting. That is interesting. I think uh, both both very hard to do for separate reasons. Yeah, very much. Hopefully, yeah. people have learned something from this. I certainly have. I thought that was a good, <laughs> really nice. It's one. that Margaret's time to peak on Barbara is probably about six or seven weeks. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, pra- practically, I suppose what we're trying to get across is uh, we we have been guilty in the past of chopping and changing because it's it seems like the right thing to do sometimes like and you can justify pretty much anything like especially the more you've read on a subject the easier it is to justify decisions and changes and i think like the worst there's a, there's a few kind of cardinal errors i think you can make as a as a business owner one of them is stopping doing something that's working <laughs> spending lots of time and energy doing something that's never going to work and the worst thing is stopping something just before it was about to be the best decision you ever made like putting loads of work into something stopping two months in and then think and then if if you'd just done it for a month more that would have been the strategy oh the the problem is there's probably millions of those things because but we don't because we you just don't see the other side of it unless it was being split tested by someone else doing the identical thing for example and so the big examples that that you can see are in trading and that's why i think trading is something everyone should just try just to learn a bit about yourself (laughs) because you might get out of a position thinking that like oh that was i should i should leave it there and then you look at the chart and it's just completely you've missed out on a massive gain my mum told me about um, Blockbuster recently, saying that I think the CEO of Blockbuster was approached by this guy 
with a new interesting idea for a startup called Netflix. And he was like, oh, hey, do you want to buy this? Like, are you interested in it? And they were like, no, no, we're, we're big dick blockbuster. We're not interested in this online business. And just seeing the, the two share charts overlaid is pretty sickening. Pretty nauseating, yeah. There's a, there's a documentary called Netflix versus the World that documents this. And it is, uh, yeah. I mean, how like meat and potatoes, your VHS tapes in the shop. I'm not having any of this. So I can remember, I can remember going to Blockbuster and renting films and thinking it was brilliant. Yeah, and they've ju- they just got absolutely demolished, like, f- like fully snuck up on, and they were even like, "I'm sneaking up on you." I'm sneaking up on you. Would you, do you want me to? Do you want me to give you more warning? And they're like, no, 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 no. You're not a big deal. Gone. Amazing. But yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's everything. Um, if you'd like to learn, or if you'd like a starting point about what one funnel and approach we would recommend, just go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast. That is only if you want to enter the slipstream at the wisest point, though. I mean. Mm. If, if you want to program in binary and mine your own silicon and stuff, that, that's fine. I mean, you can. Mm. You're very welcome them. to. Or go and like optimize your Instagram caption for a month and see what happens. I guarantee you nothing will happen. Focus on the end of the nose. <laughs> right, that's everything from this episode. And we'll speak to you next time. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run? build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.